0: Welcome, everybody, to Marine Covenant Church. I'm so glad that you've joined us on this fine Sunday morning. When you walked in, you saw deflated jumpies, and we are uh, gearing up for our big fall launch. We have a big barbecue afterwards, uh, after our second gathering. But before we get there, we have um, just an incredible, incredible morning in store for you. Um, this morning's our fall kickoff uh, Sunday, but even more than that, we are having a baptism service. This is our handy-dandy horse trough. Um It's used for horses in the normal day, but today it is a sacred uh, marker of a a moment that many people in our church are going to participate in today. Um, We at Marine Covenant Church um, are committed to be about this what's written on our wall, to engage with the spiritually hungry towards a life in Christ that is inspired, intelligent, and involved. And we, we don't do it perfectly, but we work really, really hard. We want to make sure that our church is a space where anybody from any walk of life, from any background, from no matter where they ended up, are welcomed, are fully welcomed here as our church as a guest of honor. And we want people from every background to be able to come and to move towards Christ as God draws them to Himself to to be on this path, this journey towards Jesus. And because we come from all different backgrounds, we come from all different starting points, that path of moving towards Christ looks different for every single person. But we're committed to be a church that's going to move people towards Christ. And we think, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, if you move towards Christ, if you take on the things of Christ, to live in the way of Christ, your life is just going to be better. You're going to be about incredible, incredible things. But somewhere along that journey, somewhere moving forward towards Christ, we here at Marine Covenant Church, we believe that at some point we would love for everybody to not just be guests in the house of God, but to become adopted daughters and sons, to go from being, oh, this is so great, eat in the fridge, take whatever you want, this is your house, come be our guest, be our guest. But at some point, God longs for all of us to move from being a guest to being an actual daughter or son. The way that simply works is saying yes to the sacrifice that jesus made on the cross and recognizing that god our heavenly father is now the person who's in charge of our life when we're a guest we can do whatever we want but as a daughter and son we recognize that we come under the lordship of god that god is now the boss we've surrendered our lives to him and then as we surrender our lives to him we continue to move more and more towards christ and we believe that as we move more and more towards christ god is not only going to just save us for heaven one day which is great But he longs for us to be good news here on the earth, empowered and sent to bring good news to this broken world that's in desperate need of it. Well, this morning, baptism is one of those markers where you go from being a guest and going, this is great, I love this thing about who God is. But baptism is this marker, it's this public declaration that says, you know what, I'm no longer just a guest, I'm no longer just someone working out my walk with God, working towards God, but I'm saying yes I recognize that my true place, my true identity, is a daughter or son of the God Most High, and baptism is a public declaration. Just like when you've, if you've been to a wedding, you know people are dating and they love each other and it's really great, but there's something special and unique when you stand up in front of all of your friends and all of your family and say, "This person is mine forever." And that's what baptism is. It's a it's a sacrament, which means it's not just a symbol. It's we we believe it's this mysterious thing. It's this visible. Um, Sorry, it's a visible marker of this invisible grace that's happening. That in baptism, what we're saying is you were once dead to your sin, and you died, like like going into the grave. Your old life is over. And when you come up out of the water, your new life, you are raised again in Christ, in your new life, in your new identity, as a daughter and son, ready to take all the rights and all the responsibilities that God has for us. And this morning, that's what we're gonna do. It's gonna be an incredible service. You're gonna to get to hear stories, people are gonna get wet, and it's gonna be a ton, a ton of fun.
1: Give them another round of applause for being up here and tell them we love them. So, for those of you guys that are gonna be baptized in a couple minutes, I'm gonna bring the congregation to the Word for a couple minutes, so this is a time for you to go get changed. And, um, we're just going to come to, to the Word for a few minutes, you guys, and then we're going to end our worship gathering with about 15 or 20 minutes of celebration and worship and, uh, and dunking. And uh, so that will happen here in just a couple of minutes. We want to give them a chance to, to change. And um, man, it, this is one of those days, don't you find, that it is such a prof- profound joy and privilege to be part of the body of Christ, isn't it? I mean, even just to hear, you know, Katie Hill, who started that uh, a few minutes ago, started sharing, just, you know, just thinking about the people and mentioning names of, uh, of people that have been her leaders and, and, you know, from her mom to the youth workers to this, just this idea of us being together in this journey of coming toward Christ, a life in Christ, is such a profound privilege. And we just hear these stories of good news that people have been sharing, that God is at work transforming lives, and we get to be a part of that together as a church, We get to watch it. We get to contribute to it. We get to have them help in our transformation. This is an amazing and beautiful thing. I love the body of Christ. I love the church. Can we just a little love the church? Do you love the church? I love the church. I love what God does through the church. Um, It's so sweet. And I just, can I take just a couple of minutes? I want to bring you to a verse and I want to remind us, church, what it is that we're about. What, it, what privilege we have to live together in this another year coming up. You know, in our uh, summer in the Scriptures, this was actually, the, this last week was the last week. I think we ended on Thursday or something, was our last day of reading. And, and we read through the book of Revelation this last week. So for those of you that don't know or kind of forgot, we spent the summer reading through the New Testament uh, daily readings, four or five or six chapters a day for the whole summer. And we got all the way through and we got into the book of Revelation and I was struck. I, I landed on this book verse that reminded me what it is that we're all about, that reminded me the good news that we get to experience together and then get the privilege of being and sharing to the world. Did, did you hear what I just said? That we get to experience some good news and then we get the privilege of sharing that into the world, that we become a people of good news. And, and the, the, you know, Revelation, there's this verse, there's a number of verses in Revelation that really stuck with me because Revelation is this this vision that the prophet John had about things at the end. And a lot of it is about things when the kingdom of God has come in its fullness. What is kingdom of God? Kingdom of God is the the reign of God, the rule of God in our lives, where God will have his full way and all sin will be taken away and all death will be done away with and so on. And there's this picture of, of what the end will be. But there's these hints all the way through Revelation that we're there now, not yet, but now. Now, but not yet. Now some, but not yet fully, right? And so the things that we can anticipate and acknowledge going forward. Come on in, students. These guys want to be here for baptism. Yay, middle schoolers. Yay. Bring them right in. Wow, seriously? We need a bigger church. We're, we're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, you know, Shell, if you want to put some up here in the front too, any of those guys can come all the way up here. Don't worry about it. Oh, my gosh, that's so great. So my point was is that, that when you read stuff in Revelation about what will be one day, the perfection of the kingdom of God coming, I'll just wait for them to walk in because you're all looking at them. <laughs> so great. When we experience, when we read this, we're we're, we're seeing what we will experience one day when the kingdom comes fully and the perfection of heaven, as we call it, of the end of all time. But there's things that we experience now in the midst of it that's now but not yet. And so when we read stuff in Revelation, we realize that Jesus who has inaugurated the kingdom, Jesus who has already come and now comes within us, is already doing work toward those final things. And here's a verse I want you to see, this is a verse that may change your life, it's the last verse that may change your life out of our eight verses that may change your life this summer, and it's from Revelation 7, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. This is one of those creatures, this is an elder in Revelation that is in the midst of God on the throne, the lamb with him, which represents Jesus, and the multitude from people, of people from every tribe and every nation and every tongue, and there's this worship happening in angels, it's craziness going on in heaven. And this elder says, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. My friends, I want to just remind you in a couple of minutes before these guys come to be baptized that this, this is the good news that we get to experience and that we have the privilege of sharing with a world that needs good news. And let me just parse it for you very quickly. The lamb at the center of the throne. See, it's good news that this lamb is there. It's good news that Jesus is the Savior. This is part of the good news that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus, it's good news that Jesus is the Savior. We preach Jesus. He is the hope of the world, that he comes to be the sacrificial lamb. When you look at the text, and anytime, Karen, you want to toggle back and forth between that and the verse that I put up there that may change our life, that there's this, that Jesus is the lamb at the center of the throne. The throne is where God exists, and the lamb was the sacrificial lamb. It's, Jewish, it's a Jewish image of the lamb that has taken on the sins of the people because there's serious consequence to our sin and our rebellion, friends, that our lives have not been aligned with the will of God. Us, our neighbors, our community, our world, forever not aligned with the perfect will of God, right? And there's serious consequences to that. So God says this sin has to be dealt with, and so this image throughout history was the sacrificial lamb where the sins were put on the lamb. Jesus came to be that lamb, friends. And God so loved the world that he sent his son to be the sacrifice, sacrifice to be the lamb. And so all of the sin of the world went on Jesus at the cross that we might not have to suffer the consequences of that separation from God. Is that good news? And that's what we experience. That's why you see us celebrating. That's why you see us being honest about how messed up we are, but how good God is and how gracious he is. There was a Christy who just said, I didn't get baptized all these years because I didn't think I was worthy. He's worthy, she said. That's where grace comes in. The lamb at the center of our throne will be our, our, the, uh, the shepherd. He's the savior. And it's good news, not only the savior, but he's going to be the shepherd. He's going to uh, lead us to life. That text says that he's not only the lamb who's the sacrifice, but he's the lamb that then becomes a leading lamb like a shepherd, and he's going to show us how to go. He's going to bring us life as it was meant to be. That's why we talk about your life being impacted, that God's in this process of transforming lives, friends. That's the stories that you're hearing here. That's the stories that you're not hearing that's in every chair. That's the stories you hear in your small groups that you're a part of, that God's transforming lives because Jesus, this lamb who took on our sin, not only took on our sin, but is now leading us as a shepherd into life as it was meant to be. We've said it many times. I always say it by standing on the edge. I can always picture, I can picture my feet halfway off the stair when I say it to you, that Jesus is the answer to life as it was meant to be. And he leads us, the text says, show us the text, Karen, he leads us to streams of living water, the source of the spring that keeps flowing, of the water of God, of life-giving water. God brings life, God brings life, God brings life, God brings life. This is what we get. This is the joy, that, with the good news that we experience and that we get to share with the world, that God brings life. He brings life to everything that's dead. He brings healing to everything that's broken. He brings resurrection to everything that we thought was passed away and no longer. This is our God. He brings life as it was designed to be. It's such great, incredible news that we get to experience. And that, that's Holy Spirit. That's, what, that's a little glimpse of the Holy Spirit. Streams of living water because the Holy Spirit comes within us and then within us, we have direction, leading, the power to see life actually transformed, this is what we have, the, holy, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's an announcement, parenthetical, on my little sermonette. If you're like, I'm barely getting this stuff, like I've kinda heard this, I don't know how to put it all together, I wanna invite you to 101. It's a discipleship course we're doing four Wednesday nights starting in September, or starting in the 20th of September in a couple of weeks. We're going to put all this stuff together and talk about the concrete foundational meaning of who Jesus is and what it means this salvation and why Jesus had to die all that. This is the good news that I'm just alluding to right now. Jesus is the Savior. He's the Lamb at the center of the throne who will be our shepherd. And then look at that last phrase uh, of the text. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the good news. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The lamb at the center of the throne who would be sacrificed for us will lead them to springs of living water who will give us life as it was meant to be. And then God, because we're restored into this relationship with our creator, this God, this heavenly father will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And so the good news is not just that Jesus is the Savior, but that he leads us to life at its fullest, but also then God ministers to us when life's not as it was meant to be. Now, the text that, to be fair, the text, Revelation 7, that's about one day there will be no more tears, none. But now, what will happen then is happening now that God is in the process of ministering to our hearts when we weep over what is not yet and what is broken. And that's not just about you emotional people who are not strong enough to handle life, friends. This is about the soul of every human who looks out at storm after storm and war after war and brokenness after brokenness and failure after failure and who, every human soul who weeps over, this is not how it should be. And God goes, I'm in the process of ministering to you in the midst of that. One day there'll be no more tears and no more death and no more sin and no more separation from God. But in the midst of it, until that time comes, he comes and wipes our tears, our Father ministers to us as we live this side of heaven in all of its turmoil and brokenness and stress and angst in our lives and in the whole world. This is the good news, friends. This side of heaven, that Jesus our Savior leads and guides us and ministers to us in the midst of a broken world. This is what we get to experience and the privilege that we get to share that good news with the whole world. That's what we exist for. And that takes some considerable, intentional living to be that person and to be that church. May it remind us as we go into one more year of ministry together, that you would consider carefully how it is that you live, that you're that person who lives and experiences that good news that Jesus is our Savior, who leads us to life, and who ministers to us in the midst of a broken world and allows us to be ministers to a broken world. How will you live that you're that person? And how will you live that you're part of a church that's that church? We're hearing these stories of baptism because God is at work transforming lives. We get to be a part of it. May we be that kind of a church going forward this year. That's what we exist to do. Good news to a world that needs it. Now I'm gonna ask the uh, baptism guys to come and kind of stage themselves over here. So Chase, if you want to scoot back a little bit so that there's a room for some of those guys and the band can come and to be ready, and um, what we're gonna do, friends, is that we are gonna stand and worship. That's the right response, and even as they get baptized and we look over other people's shoulders and we watch that happening, that we're singing the praises of this God who has initiated this work in their lives, who has sent Jesus as the Savior, and who is the one who's due all the glory for lives being transformed. As they get baptized, remember your baptismal vows. As we sing and worship, remember that this is the God who has got a hold of your life. And that's such great news. So let's stand together, and our band begins to lead us. And uh, pastors come, and, uh, and we'll start baptizing these guys as we celebrate the Lord's presence.
2: We've got just a couple more minutes here together, but it seems to me that it would be good as we draw our time to a close to remember the... In the game is sort of a popular phrase. What's this all about? What's this good news? Because here's what's obvious. A lot isn't obvious. Not a lot is, but some stuff is obvious. That God is working in people, and he's doing good things in people and moving them toward the love of Christ. He's doing great things in people. He's working. He's active. And the question is, He's interested in doing something good in you, but are you interested in cooperating with him in moving down the trail toward Christ? And from that same book of Revelation, let me read this text, jumping in the middle of context, but I think I'm faithful to it in chapter 11, where after the seventh trumpet and all the confusion of Revelations and all the what in the world is that about, of Revelations, there is... Some stuff that's pretty clear. And this is one of those texts, because this is what we're moving toward. Now, this is probably the third or fourth time you've heard this this morning in different fashion. But listen to this. After the seventh angel sounds the trumpet, there were loud voices from heaven that said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and he will reign forever and ever and ever. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is good news. That also, folks, is what we're moving toward. And as Jeff reminded us earlier, it isn't completely that way yet. One day it will be. But when we're baptized into something, when we're a part of a fellowship, When we choose to become followers of Jesus, toward what are we moving? And why do we even make that decision? In 1975, I made a decision to become a Christian. But I've got to admit, it was the best I knew. It was my best thinking at the time. But it was a one-dimensional decision. And I basically was motivated by one thing and one thing only. I want to go to heaven as opposed to the alternative. It was very self-centered, very one-dimensional, But as I grew as a Christian, there were different places. I woke up one day and I'm thinking, that's cool and I'm happy to go to heaven, but I think I might want to follow Jesus even if there was no such thing as heaven. I've fallen in love with him. I want to invest my life in something that matters. And I was thinking after that that it's just not right that the people, the children God created, that he should have to watch them suffer and die and wound each other and even neglect him. And so my choice to follow Christ in an ongoing fashion to go deeper and deeper went beyond the benefits for me personally, which are there, make no mistake. I'm happy to have them. But they became more out of my love for Christ and what I thought he deserved from humanity and how I might contribute as a follower of Christ and as a part of a church to a world that looked more like what the world will look like one day when all things are made right. Not only are we promised that at some point along the way every tear will be wiped from our eyes, we have a much bigger dream than that. And that is that there's no more need for the hanky because the only tears we'll have are tears we don't want to have wiped from our eyes, tears of joy. And our invitation today to this good news that Jesus offers The good news being, you know the world you dream of? It will be. And you know that world you dream of? When my church is together. When my church is being my church. Little tastes of it today will be. It's like the whole world, the promise is that the whole world's going to be a vineyard. Planted as a vineyard. And we don't get to see the whole world as a vineyard now, but doggone, we get to plant some plots of land that are statements about what will be one day. And that's what we're inviting you into. Maybe you're here saying, I've been thinking about Jesus. I'm inclined toward Jesus. I have an open spot in my heart toward him that I never had before, but I don't know what to do about it. And man, wow. We want to, in no uncertain terms, invite you to make a decision. And the decision needs to be made by you not out of manipulation, but out of a longing to follow Jesus and making the world what it ought to be, and along the way, having your own sins forgiven and making your relationship with God what it ought to be through the work of Jesus Christ, we want to invite you into that. And that requires a decision on your part for you to pray and say, Jesus, receive, receive me into your love, and I receive you into my life, and you are from now on my leader. I become a Christian today. Receive you into my heart. Or maybe your decision is one where you say, I've done that, and I meant it, but I've sort of drifted. And faith became something that happened, but I've sort of drifted away, and it's not been alive. There's been no fire. The wood's been stacked, and the Match was once lit, but it kind of burned out, and I want to revive it. It's time for me to get serious again about what I know to be true, but haven't been living. We invite you back into that walk. Come on. There's forgiveness, there's grace, there's mercy. Or maybe you're saying, man, I never really drifted. I've been pretty serious and faithful. But I want to move from good to great. I'm now aware that there's something in me that I can contribute to this the way things ought to be in the world. And I want my worship to be even more alive than it has been. And I want to sell out to everything. I want my my wealth and my energy and all of the things that I have to offer to go toward the investment. In the dream and agenda of God, we invite you to make a decision to take a deeper step. Let's walk that together. That's what this is all about. There's good news. God is doing good work to transform people. Would you like him to transform you? To take you deeper? Let's pray. And maybe this prayer is your prayer. Maybe your prayer is, Jesus, even before I understand it all, I just know there's something tugging on my heart. I believe it's you. So listen, Lord Jesus, will you receive me as one of your children? Because I now receive you as my rescuer, my savior, my leader. I I cling to your promise to forgive my sin and to restore a broken relationship with you and we'll go from there. But this moment, I choose to be a follower, a Christian. Or your prayer might be, I remember this baptisms reminded me of my baptism, or the day I received you. And it also reminds me that I haven't been consistent or very good at following you. And I want back on the trail. So thank you for mercy. Now let's do some great things together from here, Lord. I'm following you. Thank you for restoring me. Or maybe your prayer is, I love you and I always have. And I've walked dutifully with you. But I long for something more powerful. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Deposit spiritual gifts in me. Show me what it is that you've put in me. Lead me to deeper levels of faithfulness, to deeper levels of commitment, Lord. Let's do some great things together. I'm trusting in your power and your guidance. I pray this in the name of Christ. I trust the promises of Christ. And I align myself with the good news of transformation, the good news of Jesus. Amen.